Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Let's take a look at the trailer for Seven Psychopaths. Hi, is this your dog? Oh my god. Oh, oh I have to pay you. Thank you so are you, are you much. Serious? <laughs> How's everything in the dog kidnapping business? Did you get a new dog? Why were you walking him, Cherise? I always loved Bonnie like he was my own child. One, I do not want that image in my head. Two, could you go get my dog back? Hey, what the hell happened? Some punks jumped us. Who are you? Said they were looking for a little shih tzu. Then some other punk killed those punks. It's their blood. It's his puke. You, you want to go to the bathroom? Clean some of the blood and the puke off you? almost got killed today because you kidnapped the wrong dog. Are you being serious? Wow. What are we going to do? We could take on all the bad guys, maybe in the desert. And what do you think we should do in real life? <laughs> How you doing? What's your name? Shut up. We'll get you back to your daddy in a day or two. Don't be sad. Paw. Paw. No paw. That's okay, too. I gotta pull myself together, I know. But my dog's gonna end up killed. You're not pulling yourself together, are you? <laughs> You've gotta give it back. Give it back? You gotta just give back the kidnapped dog? Defeats the entire object of the kidnapping. Put your hands up. No, but I've got a gun. I don't care. It doesn't make any sense. Too bad. I'm going to work. Are you pissed at me for something, baby? Why would I be pissed at you, Marty? Because you're a Billy. You waiting for somebody, old guy? Uh, no. Okay, you seem normal. Come on in. We got to get this dog off the street because it's kidnapped from a maniac. Dandy. I like it. It's got layers. Yeah. An eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. No, it doesn't. There'll be one guy left with one eye. How's the last blind guy gonna take out the eye of the last guy left? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Eric Cohn from IndieWire, and tonight's guest, Martin McDonough. Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Thanks hey, for coming. Martin. Okay, so the main character in this movie is played by Colin Farrell, and his name is Marty, which is an automatic kind of indicator that there must be some kind of autobiographical component to this story. Um, to, to, to a degree. Um, he, Colin's character, I guess, thinks about movies in the same way and is kind of trying to get away from gangster films and guys with guns and films, and he kind of wants to come up with something that's a bit more about love and peace, and I guess I share similar thoughts. Similar thoughts, or is is there something that you could truly relate to about what he? Got? I mean, that aspect of it, yeah. I've 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 always got like, uh, you know, I love Peck and Peckinpah films, and I love Terrence Malick films, and in in one's head, you kind of those two kind of argue and debate with each other, what, which are the coolest. Um, but uh, but I love them, and so I think this is kind of exploring some kind of territory that goes between both. 
It's also a serious crowd pleaser. I mean, I was at the world premiere at the Toronto Film Festival, which played at midnight when a lot of people would be really tired and it really woke them up. Yeah, a, there's, there's lots of explosions, so that's always good for a midnight crowd. Explosions, bloodshed, and all kinds of things. Dogs, it, rabbits. Dogs, rabbits. It's, it's total pandemonium. It is. If you saw the cat trailer that came out today, that gives you a pretty good sense of, of that was of kind of fun, fun. Yeah. Um, but but the uh, the interesting thing is if you contrast it with your last film and your also your first feature length film in Bruges uh, tonally it's very different I mean this kind of fast wild ride is not the same thing as this more subdued character piece that you did before yeah in, in Bruges was I guess more melancholy and kind of sadder it, it still had a lot of loss but this is kind of a wild, uh, it's almost like a roller coaster ride of kind of madness and great performances, and uh, um, and, there, and there are there are there are touches of depth and and uh, there's some kind of moral sense running through it, but it's kind of a, a crazier, wilder ride. Well, and your approach to narrative is very interesting because if you look at these two films as well as your theater pieces, they're generally just a handful of characters in one restricted situation and whatever kind of plot you have is sort of secondary to all these other things that happen to be going on between the different people. So where do you go when you, you know, you have an idea for this basic story and then how do you end up sort of structuring it? Um, well, I kind of don't really structure it at all beforehand. I kind of do what you said. I let characters just get out there and start talking to each other. And uh, if you, But if you're starting off with uh, characters in this who are kind of a little off the wall, a little demented, then they can kind of take the story anywhere. Um, so this piece was written kind of in the same way as you kind of see on screen. As there are meta touches to the to the film as a whole, and it's about a, a writer who's writing writing a film called Seven Psychopaths, but doesn't want it to be about violence. Um, so, which is the place I was uh, uh, in at the beginning of the film too. And then he's got a couple of friends who naturally are dog kidnappers and uh, kidnap a, uh, the dog of a, of a crazy psychotic played by Woody Harrelson. So it was, it was, but because each of those characters are a little demented, they can take the story to very wild, crazy places with each scene. So let's take a look at one of those scenes with the first clip here. Can you set it up for us? Uh, I think this is just after um, <coughs> Christopher and uh, Sam have kidnapped the dog and something uh, dastardly has happened to a couple of the punks who, uh, who caught up with them about it. All right, let's take a look. Some punks jumped us and said they were looking for a little shih tzu. Then some other punk killed those punks. Marty, are you okay? I just didn't need this today. It's okay. It's their blood. It's his puke. You, you want to go to the bathroom, clean some of the blood and the puke off you? <sighs> Marty's my writer friend I was telling you about. Uh, I can smell the booze. Where'd you get this little shih tzu, Billy? Huh? Dad, the elephants. You think she's the one that they're after? I think there's a strong possibility, Billy. There was a little swear word in there, but they, they've somehow blanked that out. It's, it's smart. I didn't know that they could do that in the visuals. That's, wow. 
Well, it's one of those things Modern technology. where you got to go for the full product if you want to <laughs> get the whole experience. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure there's a red trailer, red band trailer in the works. Uh, yeah, yeah. As far as dialogue goes, you have three people in the room there, very different kinds of personalities. Do you read these things aloud as you're writing them, or how do you know when the, you know, the sort of rhythm is right? Um, but for me, that's just a very natural thing. Like my pet background is in uh, playwriting, and it's always been. I've always had a love of dialogue, and uh, and and I'm happy when I can just let characters. Uh, just keep talking and uh, and but I mean they're, they're three fantastic actors too. So as much as the the characterizations are different, there's just uh, always a, a they're great comedians too. I mean they're pretty fantastic. Colin was wonderful at that in in my last one, and uh, Chris and Sam are always great at that. Yeah, I mean all three of those actors you've worked with in in recent periods. Obviously Colin was in in Bruges, and then. The last two, the other two actors were in uh, Abandoning in Spokane, which just recently played on Broadway. So how do you go about developing that stable of, of actors? I mean, is it was it the sort of thing with these guys where you just call them up and say, I have another thing for you? Or? Pretty, It was pretty much as simple as that, yeah. I mean, I, I de developed a close relationship with... Uh, with Christopher and Sam from the play, and uh, I was in rehearsals and and uh, in in at the show every, almost every night. So uh, we had a we had a cool um, rapport. Uh, Colin, you know, we we had a great time working on in Bruges together, and always said we wanted to uh, get back to it. And Woody Harrelson, I've known for quite a few years too, strangely. So. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it is. It feels like uh, it feels like family now. It feels like a, it's a little repertory company that I'm gonna keep working with over and over again. I hope. And 99% of the time at Q and A sessions, filmmakers get asked about improvisation and how much room they give their actors to do these sort of things. But playwrights tend to hate that. Yeah. So are you, do you fall <laughs> into that camp? Um, yeah. I, uh, well, there there is. I mean, I think I I believe in being a writer and I believe in writing and I, I'm, I'm proud of it so by the time you started shooting you, the, prob the the scripts certainly for mine uh, has been set like this was written about seven years ago and it didn't really change much at all uh, between uh, the page and the screen um, but I'm, I'm kind of growing if you're working with really good actors like, like these are you kind of have to listen to whatever their process is but they're because they each uh, have some kind of, I guess, theater in their background. Um, they respect, uh, you know, a good dialogue. They they like it, and and we might improvise into a scene, um, you know, just before uh, before action is called. They might, you know, be talking in 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 a way that their characters would just be prior to uh, to where the scene starts, but pretty much. Every word that was on the page has made it to, to the screen. All right, so let's take a look at another clip. You want to set this one up as well? This is, I think, the arrival of Tom Waits uh, into the film. Uh, Sam Rockwell's character has put an ad out in a newspaper for searching for psychopaths to, um, for Colin to write about. Let's take a look. You know, Marty, the way you're feeling today, all depressed and alcoholic. You know what you should do? Put it into your writing, man. Use it. Bad idea? Thanks, Billy. That's what I'll do. Yeah, right. Hey, who's this chump? Hey, uh... You waiting for somebody, old guy? Are you Billy Beckle? Uh, 
No. Well, my name is Zachariah Rigby. I left a message on Billy's telephone in answer to the advertisement. Well, I'll tell you, Zachariah, if you sounded like a nut, I probably just deleted you. I don't think I sounded like a nut. Okay, you seem normal. Come on in. We gotta get this dog off the street because it's kidnapped from a maniac. Dandy. Thanks. Having seen the film, I could say his story with the rabbit is really something else. It's so. kind of, yeah, it's kind of out there, his, uh, his, his backstory. So I'm seeing rabbits, I'm seeing dogs. You can't really have animals in theater so easily. Was this a new thing for you? Um, we actually did have a cat in one of my plays who actually survives. It was kind of... Uh, but no, I, I like a nice, fluffy animal. Um, the rabbits especially. Where <laughs> I do. The rabbits especially were a dream. And then put them in terrible danger. Yeah, course. but not too terrible. But the, the dog was a, a joy to work with. She's gone very uh, Hollywood now, but when I first met her, she was very cared about her work. And uh, but now it's just Botox and heroin, like me. The usual, the usual tragedy, sir. Uh, so uh, all of your films and plays as well have a, this sort of dark comic sensibility. At the same time, I think what's interesting about it, and you can see it just in these scenes here, is is that there is a certain amount of morality in play. That these are, you know, there, there's something outside of who these people are that we we're supposed to bring to the table. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, uh, I think sometimes the violence is is spoken of quite a lot in my stuff, but um, in this and and in Bruges, I think. Well, a Bruges especially was about, um, you know, the moral implications of uh, of uh, what happens to a man, a violent man, when something goes terribly wrong. Uh, this isn't probably quite as heavy, but it's certainly uh, a questioning of movie violence in some ways, um, at the same time as we are utilizing quite a lot of movie violence. Um, but it's, I think it would be hard for me to make a film about that kind of stuff without question, questioning it. Because you find uh, some, does it? I mean, are, when you go see a movie that's very violent, let's say that some people were comparing this to a Tarantino movie when they saw it for the first time, does that actually bother you? Um, the comparison, uh, or, no, the, the, or the or the, the, or the movie violent, violence? Yeah. It just, I think, for me, it usually depends on how it's done. You know, if it's done badly or stupidly or without any kind of moral center, then then I don't think it should be banned or anything like that. But I, I. I just don't like it. Um, so, but it, this is more like a good questioning of every movie post you see these days. It's got a guy with a gun in his hand in it, and it's just more kind of questioning whether or not that's completely acceptable. It's very interesting when you look at the plays that you've done recently, something like The Pillow Man or Behanding in Spokane, where you really are talking about these troubled characters trapped in a room and also trapped on some level by these forces beyond their control. And it makes me wonder if you're a very paranoid person. <laughs> um, and why would you say that? Um, no, not really. I'm pretty um, carefree and um, joyful as a person. Uh, the rabbits, I love rabbits and puppies. Um, no, but I guess it's more of a questioning of, uh, of society and, uh, and, and governments. And you know, I, I share those kind of sensibilities. Let's take a look at another clip. You know which one we have here for number three. This is probably, which one is this? Gandhi, ah, I think this one speaks for itself. Let's do it. 
As Gandhi said. Oh, you not, too, if it ain't Gandhi. <laughs> Jesus Christ. An eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. I believe that wholeheartedly. No, it doesn't. There'll be one guy left with one eye. How's the last blind guy gonna take out the eye of the last guy left, who's still got one eye? All that guy has to do is run away and hide behind a bush. Gandhi was wrong. Just that nobody's got the <laughs> to come right out and say it. Thanks. Once again, a preview of, of the actual language you can get in the, in the real product. <laughs> so was that an actual conversation you had with someone? Or? Um, no, I think I just got to that page in the script and thought it was a fun thing. Because, you know, I'm with Gandhi. Um, uh, but it's fun to sometimes set up a character who's the complete antithesis, antithesis of uh, everything you believe. Um, because you can just go to town with characters like that. I kinda, I'm interested in that. In, in your characters not being part of you. Um, and it allows you to explore language that you never would, you know. Um, but hopefully if the film itself isn't that way, um, you've done something right. One thing I was thinking about when I was watching this clip is that you can do things here that you wouldn't be able to do if, if these people were just sitting on a stage, you know, actual close-ups to emphasize different reactions, for example. Mm. You've been very successful as a filmmaker. You've, you've made a short film that won an Academy Award, and then you made these last two films which have been well-reviewed. So what is it about this medium that has kept you to a, a rather smaller output? Um, laziness, really. Uh, no, I, they are. They're like they take up two years of your life, where, whereas a play, um, you, from start to finish, you can have something up and running in maybe six months. Um, so so they're hard work and they're... Uh, they're not hard work like being a nurse or a, or a you know coal miner or something, but um, they're uh, they take a, 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 a just two years of your life straight. So it's it's that that's uh, kept the uh, output to a, a minimum. Um, but I like both. I'll go back to to plays and I'll keep doing them, um, and I'll make another film someday. I think, but not for a while. Well, clearly it helps that you have actors who want to work with you as well. I think this last clip should be a good uh, illustration of that. Do you want to set it up before we go to it? This, I think, is towards the end of the the film, and Christopher Walken plays a, a, a guy who is a very firm believer in peace and uh, anti-violence, and uh, it's kind of uh, a scene where um, the opposite is coming at him, and he reacts as only Christopher Walken can. Put your hands up. No. What? I said no. Why not? I don't want to. But I've got a gun. I don't care. But... Doesn't make any sense. Too bad. <laughs> 
So Christopher Walken, I think most people in this room would agree, one of the great things that American movies have given us. Yeah. Uh, you've started working with him at a period in his career when he's almost entered into this postmodern self-awareness stage where he's in on the joke about himself. And you to to a degree, that. I think. But at the same time, we're still trying to play Hans, the character he plays, as, as a straight character. But I think Christopher just brings so much to it, to, to, to his roles anyway. And our love of him goes with him, I think. Um, but he's, he's, he's uh, fantastic. We, we didn't want to become too meta or too self-aware about his part. But, um, but in a scene like that, it's, it's so unusual to go that way. And that's what brings out the comedy, I think. And so after you worked with him on The Handing in Spokane, where it's a very different kind of character, but also very Walken-esque, w was there a conversation about how you wanted to uh, move move on to this other role with him? Um, the, uh, to a degree, yeah. This was We just wanted to get... His character in this is, is almost uh, psychotically pacifist. His, uh, he won't um, be violent, but everything about him is quite scary and... Uh, and dangerous. So it was more about not playing in Behanding, he's a much scarier character and more, much more in your face and, and dangerous. This was kind of playing the opposite of that. Um, it was a fun thing to explore, but it's a very fun, it's, he's, he's almost the moral center of the film in some ways. So it was more just keeping that aspect real. Um, but Christopher's a very funny guy anyway, so uh, I think all of his films are kind of getting the biggest laughs. So one, one last question, then we'll go to the Q&A. Uh, there are, as the title implies, seven psychopaths in the film, and we learn who they are over the course of the movie. I think at a certain point in time, we learn about pretty much all the cast of your movie. So one of the things that seems to come out or is implied is that there's a little bit of a psychopath in all of us. Um, to a degree, certainly there's an access to violence in all of us, but I... I I think it's more about the fun, like, it's it's not a heavy film. Uh, there's something fun about just letting Sam Rockwell crank up the crazy stuff, you know, and and, uh, and Christopher too. So I don't know, I think we're we're fundamentally nicer than, than that might imply. And on that pacifistic note, we'll go to questions <laughs> from the audience. Just wait, wait for the mic to come to you, please. Hi, um... My name's Niall. I, I was just, uh, did, did you um, have a part for Brendan Gleeson or, you know, you've worked with him in a couple of movies and there's rabbits and there's Brendan and... <laughs> um, not, not in this one, uh, but I love Brendan and I hope to work with him uh, again and again. He's actually right now making a film with my brother in Ireland. My brother did a film called The Guard a few years ago with Brendan and uh, they're working on this, the follow-up to that. So, uh, so no, I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll I'll hope if Brendan works with me, uh, if he wants to work with me, I'll, I'll work with him again and again. Uh, right over here on the front. Hi, Martin. Hi. I have a question. Uh, what were uh, Sam Rockwell and Christopher Walken like from your point of view? Uh, a dream, like Sam's a buddy. He's, he's, he's the funniest guy. He's a brilliant actor. Christopher is, is you know, he's, he's a god to, to all of us. Um, uh, maybe he is god. Maybe. Uh, that would be that would be a great heaven, um, but uh, but just, just and Colin's lovely. Like I can't, I don't think I'd be able to make a film with uh, with Dix. <laughs> I uh, I think it has to be family, and um, this is a really kind of fun film film, and it shows I think 
the fun we had making it. I think it, it is kind of palpable on screen. Um, so yeah, they're, 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 they're both a joy. They're both brilliant and just, just really nice guys. All right, hang on, hang on. We need waiting music. <laughs> G'day, could you talk a little bit about the creative process of getting your work from the page through the Hollywood craziness to the screen? And I'm curious, second question would be, is it easier now, now that you've got the street cred of the Oscar and et cetera, et cetera to do that, or is it still the same grind? Thanks. Um, I kind <clears> of... <throat> try not to deal too much with the whole Hollywood uh, system. Um, I, I kind of, after Bruges, uh, we, we wanted to set this up so that a studio, we got some, uh, about a third of the money from CBS here and Film 4 and BFI in, in England. But it, we, we needed to go with people who ha were happy with the script, weren't going to give a single note and uh, <laughs> would do, you know, Want, uh, w would go with the cast that I wanted and all of that. So um, th there aren't too many people who, who are up for that. But uh, CBS, I, I think, are trying to branch out into cooler, different types of filmmaking. Uh, so I think they were happy to, to go along with that. Film 4 always kind of does edgy stuff. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it was about making sure that undue influence was never there. Um, and it was similar on uh, Bruges, although Bruges was more of a bit more of a fight. But I think you need that. I think uh, for something to come out um, um, honest and uh, there's nothing really about the film that's kind of, that you've seen before or that's uh, phony. Um, and I think you need to be in a, some kind of position of power to make sure that happens all the way through. Um, and uh, the second part of the question... Oscars. I, yeah, I'm not sure about that because I think Bruges was sort of set up just before the Oscar thing happened. So I'm not sure. I think the crew maybe don't look, a, look at you as much of an idiot when you've got one. But, uh, uh, but aside from that, I don't think it really, really overly helped. And, and it's kind of long since... Uh, people don't really remember it now. Uh, but I think having made Bruges and having that come out well, I think helped uh, open the doors to this. Another one in the front row. Two more over here. Uh, has your work in film altered the way you view theater at all? Um, not, not really, because I've always, uh, with my plays, I always wanted them to be quite cinematic anyway. Um, and I always thought you can do anything that you want to do on stage. So, um, so no, I mean I haven't written one since since the making of this, um, but uh, I don't think it will change too much because of that. Because I like I like a nice gunfight on stage, and uh, and I like something dramatic to happen on stage too. So I don't think it's really going to change much. Thank you for coming, and I want to ask: Was the final choice of the cast your first? Or did you have any others in mind? Um, yeah, pretty much uh, they're all uh, first choices. Um, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I've loved these guys for a long, long time and uh, had a good relationship with Colin on the last one and a great relationship with Sam and Christopher too. So, uh, and Tom Waits, he's in it and, uh, you know, I've loved his music since I was a kid. Um, Harry Dean Stanton pops up and I've, I've loved him for a long time too. So... Uh, 
Um, yeah, it's, it's great to be in a position where um, your first choices are all on board. And one right here. Thank you for coming in. Um, I wanted to know, since you're working with so many big names, I'm imagining there's a lot of big personalities uh, prevalent on the set as well. And did that kind of, did they ever clash or did it come together to kind of make a very um, dynamic chemistry that made the film the best it could be? Yeah, it was actually, I mean, they're really nice guys anyway. They all, they all well, everyone adores Christopher Walken, I think. You know, every actor, every younger actor thinks he's he's a genius and uh so that was that was easy having worked with christopher and sam on the play we felt kind of like we had uh, an unspoken bond right there on the first day of filming uh colin's a great guy woody's a lovely guy too so it's more it's i, I it's it's about getting people who aren't just brilliant at what they do but are you know they're going to be part of a team and you know they're not going to be uh starry or uh, or uh, egocentric i guess um so uh, so yeah, it was like honestly a joy from from start to finish. Right here in the middle. How you doing? Hi. Uh, I was wondering a little bit about your process from because your foundations in playwriting. Do how do you change or do you change when you're writing a play as opposed to a film? Because you have a short amount of time to cover the visual medium and this and that. As with a play, you can be more, way more elaborate and free with your characters, and you have a ton to explore. I don't know if you just kind of keep it the same story, or with a film, it kind of changes the way you think about writing the story. I think uh, a film script, certainly when I was trying to do them, it, it was a lot harder to get my head around the whole idea because there's so many. Because I don't really think in images as much. Um, so, so I'll, I'll have written the script and then go. I often do storyboards and and think of the images and think of the um, all of that stuff. It's it's n it's not a natural process for me. Um, but in terms of dialogue and character, it's kind of the same. I I don't try and uh, curb my love of uh, dialogue and uh, it, it's it's there's something I guess about a film script. Uh, it being able to jump around in geography and time in this there's lots of flashbacks and stories within stories and that it's just like a massive jigsaw puzzle that you have to get your head around but now i feel like i'm uh, gradually uh, getting my head around it i think in bruges is much more of a similar territory to the plays you know it's basically three guys in one set you know wandering around shooting kids um and that's what my <laughs> plays are kind of about too um but uh no but but this has a much more of a sort of cinematic sweep to it um uh, the stories within stories as i said but just the cast of characters is is much more massive so uh uh it was a bigger challenge than the last one i think but um i think we got there in the end thanks we have time for two more questions right here in the middle Hi, Martin. Just on what you just said there, um, do you find it easier to write characters that tend to be psychopathic? <laughs> um, I just noticed that just from, from your playwrights when I think of like the Lonesome West or something, he's right, killing parents yeah. or a beauty queen. Or um, I think, yeah, ha certainly having characters that are a little different to, to us are uh, easy, easier to write. I, I would find it hard to write something that was just sort of based on me or my friends. It's wilder, you know, um, like Sam Rockwell's character in this, he, at any given minute, he can do anything 
that you're not expecting him to do, and he he kind of does. Um, and it, there's there's a joy and a freedom about writing characters like that. Um, Lonesome West, uh, similarly, I, I like that play a lot. And uh, you, you can be as outrageous as as you want to be too with characters like that, because it's not you. Um, yeah. And just a sorry, another sub question was um, I know I read an article, I think it was with Fintan O'Toole, that you had said that before making Seven Psychopaths, you had a couple of scripts written. What's next on the cards? Um, I've got another one. There's, there's probably two more scripts banging about. Um, and, but the one I wrote in, uh, just a couple of years ago, uh, it's set in, in America. It's got a very strong female lead, which is kind of what I used to do with the plays too, like Beauty Queen, as you mentioned. So I think, and this is very much like a uh, uh, film about guys, and, and it's very testosterone heavy. But I think the next one's going to be very uh, different. Thanks. Got time for one more? It's a good crowd. No questions about budget or what camera <laughs> did you use? You know. I've got one, actually. I've oh, got one. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Colin Farrell's sort of evolution over the past few years? Because I think anybody who's followed him saw him, you know, 10 years ago doing a lot of blockbusters or, you know, attempted blockbusters now to doing less of that kind of thing. Um, I love Colin. He's, I think he's a great actor. I think he's underrated in some ways of, uh, of being uh, you know, a great actor. I thought he should have been nominated probably for Bruges. And, uh, he's a lovely guy too. Um, I think he likes going back, back and forth between the blockbusters and the smaller independent films like this. And um, he's just a dream to work with. So um, long may he continue. So there was something like four years in between in Bruges and this one. Does that mean we have to wait almost another half a decade until the yeah, next? Yeah, I, I always loved the Terence Malick uh, idea of filmmaking. Just, uh, just don't do it for a long time. So yeah, I think it's going to be three or four years. But I'll, I'll write something. You know, I like to travel and I like to, to be quiet and write. I think, don't think you can really come up with good stuff unless you uh, take that time out and, and think and don't become part of the process of Hollywood and all that. So see the movie while you can. It opens this Friday here in yep. New York. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you again to Mark McDonald for being here. Thank you, Eric, for moderating. And thank you guys for being a great audience. <laughs>